We're going to get into it here in about just a minute. It's uh, brought to you by um, American Financing. Uh, American, I actually talked to American Financing when I was buying my house, and they were super helpful uh, when it came to uh, walking me through all the options. And You, you know, the, the, the deal with you is a perfect example. Because you asked for something, quite honestly, and you know this, mm-hmm. it was insane. Yes, I asked for something insane. Yeah, you asked for, you know, you, you want one of those deals. I want them that, to pay me for the house. Correct. That's what I, right. <laughs> and uh, and they, they came really close. They searched and searched and searched. And you, you found somebody else who was like, you know, Steve's bank of uh, ill repute. <laughs> yes. And they said, if Steve will give you that deal, you should take it. <laughs> and they turned the business down. They did. Because it's not that their business is to find the right deal for you, to advise you, and for you to get the right deal. It's it's the best. It's AmericanFinancing.net. AmericanFinancing.net or call the number on the screen. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, here we are. It is uh, Thursday. Today, we are going to spend some time uh, on a few stories that are just kind of more fun, more healthy. But we're also going to be talking to you about something that we've addressed on the TV show all week, and that is what's coming next. I told you when I was at Fox that the Arab Spring or the Arab Spring in Egypt would destabilize the entire Middle East. It would lead to a caliphate. Then that would spread up into Europe and destabilize Europe. And once Europe was destabilized, the right and the left, the far right and far left, would begin working together, not coordinating, but they would find the same things useful. And that would uh, begin to collapse Europe and it would spread here to the United States. I think all those things, I can make the case that those all have happened now. So what comes next? We do that in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We've cleared out uh, uh, the commercials on this uh, half hour, uh, every hour um, of the uh, program, just to stop just for one minute at a time, twice, uh, so we can pay the light bills but get right back to content. We want to tell you about our sponsor. It is Liberty Safe. Liberty Safe, best safes built in America. Um, they are the number one uh, safe in America, and for a reason. They are just rock solid. And when I say that, I think of, what was it, a thousand pounds of, yeah. wasn't it a thousand pound stone or something that they, they took up two stories? Block of concrete, wasn't it? Yeah, a block like of concrete. Yeah, no. uh, and they took this, this ton of concrete, dropped it two stories on their competitor, and it crushed the safe of the competitor. The door flew open. It was not in good shape. This is very important if you happen to, to have built your home under a, a bunch of cranes that hold a ton of concrete, concrete blocks, right? right? Exactly they, right. They could, any of them could fall at any time. Drops on the Liberty safe. That thing, they still it still didn't open. No. It still didn't open. It was barely dented in comparison, especially. It mainly just looked dirty. Yeah. Uh, Liberty safe. If you want to make sure that your guns are safe, your, your papers are safe, whatever you have that you want safe, Safe, Liberty Safe is the place to store it. You'll find the best deals and the best safes at LibertySafe.com. That's LibertySafe.com.
So when I was at Fox, I told you the Arab Spring would spread. It would destabilize the Middle East, bringing the rise of a new caliphate. And then it would spread to Europe. Members of the right and the left would use that chaos to their own advantage. And it would eventually spread to the United States. Well, that is done now. I mean, we are talking about the border. What is it that Hillary Clinton just went over to Europe and said was the biggest problem with the destabilization of Europe? Migrants. Yeah. Remember? Which is amazing for her to admit. Right. They caused it. It, Those migrants came from the Arab Spring and the Caliphate. So you you had a crisis. You had to get them out. What are we debating now? We're debating a crisis and immigration. So the left tells Europe, wow, you guys shouldn't have done that. But they're still telling America, you should do that. Doesn't make any sense. So that's complete now. So what has what happens next? In this year of shows, we're going to be concentrating on eight categories. And I want to spend some time uh, today working on these eight categories and explaining them to you. And then we're going to take phone calls for the TV show today. So if you have any questions or ideas or thoughts, please share them uh, at 888-727-BECK for TV at 5 o'clock. It's live 5 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, and you can call that number. I recommend that you call a few minutes early, and uh, and that way you're kind of guaranteed a spot. All right. So what's going to happen next? Well, I, I don't think any of these things are going to come as a surprise to you, but it's what we need to concentrate on. The polarization is going to get worse. This is the political polarization, not just here in America, but all around the world. The polarization is going to get worse, and it's going to cause more riots in the streets, uh, more unrest, civil unrest is coming. And you're going to see again the left and the right coming together because their purposes will be to collapse things. So polarization is going to get worse. The economies will then nosedive. Now, these could be out of order. The economies could nosedive And then polarization gets worse. But the financial system is going to be in danger again. Some countries will collapse like Germany collapsed in the 1930s. Oil and the petrodollar will be weakened, putting countries like Saudi Arabia and Russia into economic chaos. And this as this happens, you add in to it tech causing downward pressure on jobs and wages and communications and education. And this will add more pressure on countries like the United States and China. And at some point, because of all of these things, people will no longer believe in any system. The government, the tech uh, sector, press, all of it will be discredited. That's when things get really dicey. And that's when things like the government and tech begin to um, uh, merge with each other. Now, I've laid out on the last three radio shows the uh, sectors that we're going to be watching. And because they're all dominoes. And I want to go over some of them with you because I want to ask you if you are uh, if you have experience or you would consider yourself um, well informed on uh, a few topics and you could help us look for stories and connections. We need you to do that. 
And you can sign up and be part of our team, if you will, uh, at research at glenbeck.com. That's research at glenbeck.com. And we'll give you some of these categories. But for instance, I'm, I'm not an expert on AI, but I am I'm very well read on it. And if if I were just a listener, I'd be like, oh, no, I, I know a lot of stuff and I watch that sector. You know, I can contribute stories because I see stories that are never making it into the mainstream. And I understand how that connects to the future. You know, I am very fascinated with Russia. And so I watch that and I I see things that are never in mainstream. We want you to be a part of the team that just would contribute things to us from time to time. So it's on our radar. And again, you can do that by sending stories to research at glenbeck.com. I want to give you a story that happened yesterday that explains exactly why all of these are need to be watched and how any of these eight different categories um, can tie in and be the catalyst for collapse and true chaos, global chaos and global war. Going to give you a story that just was announced or just happened yesterday during this show. If you've been following the French Yellow Vest protests, well, let me just assume that maybe maybe you haven't. The Yellow Vest protests started uh, just recently uh, because the Yellow Vests were upset about a, um, a fuel tax. That fuel tax was being imposed uh, on the citizens of France, and it was to pay for all the global warming nonsense. Well, the people were for the global warming. You know, we got to stop global warming. But then once that tax actually hit them, they were like, well, no, wait a minute. Hang on just a second. You don't tax us. And so they wanted that tax removed. And so they started these yellow, what are called yellow vest protests. And it uh, about a thousand people have been injured. Hundreds have been arrested. Several people have died. It's been ugly in France. Well, Macron came out and he said, OK, we're taking away the 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 tax. Well, that just showed the people on the streets, the radicals, not the average people, but the radicals that were leading it. Ah, they blinked. We can get them. Now, I want you to think of the people who are wearing the yellow vests. Most of them are just like you. The ones who are leading it are more like Antifa. More like Occupy Wall Street. What's happened is after he blinked, the left and the right got together again, not coordinated. They're not on each other's side, but they will both want to tear the system down. I mean, because you say they're the, the leaderships like Occupy Wall Street. But one of the big things they fought about initially was repealing the horrible gas tax. Uh, that was bankrupting a bunch of French citizens because they were paying Correct. triple, basically, their the, the old gas prices. Correct. So it's not it was not necessarily just a left wing movement to start. It's that the people are now seeing that opportunity and and grabbing control. Right. Correct. Okay. Correct. So now what you have here is a movement that is now being copied all over Europe. This is happening in Sweden. This is happening in Germany. This is happening in Belgium. It's happening all over Europe. It was happening in England. This is a national movement in France that now has 70% approval rating. 
Well, yesterday they announced that they want to collapse the bank and they want to collapse the euro. And so they are asking this weekend to go in, have French citizens go in and take at least 20% of their cash out of their bank, transfer it out of the euro and into Bitcoin. If there was a movement here in America that had a 70% approval rating and they could convince 70%, 50% of this population to take 20% of their money out of banks, that would be a real, real problem for America. This could be one of the things that collapses the euro, that collapses the economy over in uh, Europe. I don't know if it will be, but this one story has everything in it that I'm looking for and is a good explainer on how these things can happen. Political polarization, the distance between the media and the government, that friction between them has caused polarization They don't trust their government anymore. They don't trust the banking system anymore. They don't trust any politician anymore. So it has bubbled over and it went into street riots. Then they're using this power to buckle the economy. This could bring the entire system down. But what happens next? Let me focus on that and the eight categories that you need to be aware of when we come back in one minute. Just past one year of taking Relief Factor. One year. And I am thrilled with the results. I really didn't... um, I mean, I had friends who had been taking it here at the studios for, what, three years? Yeah. And I just don't... Does this make me a freak or does this make me normal? I just don't buy into the organic. Oh, I'm totally with you on this. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if it's 100% natural, I'm just like, it's not going to work. Yeah. The the skepticism is built in. Yes. But this was created by doctors, and it has four key ingredients, and its job is to reduce inflammation. You know, once you're really having pain, I mean, real pain, you kind of bone up on, on how bad inflammation is. So anything that reduces inflammation, you gotta try. So I tried it because my wife was like, yeah, try this. Because I was at the end of my rope. Tried it starting a year ago. It's been a year anniversary here in December. And I'm still taking it today because it works. Try the three-week quick start. It's only $19.95. That's a dollar a day. Um, it's like a trial pack. 70% of the people are just like me. It works. You might be one of the 30% where it doesn't work for you. But you'll be out 20 bucks. But if, it, if you're part of the 70% that it does... You're going to have your life back. So get your life back. It's worth, it's worth a try. It's relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. 10 Second Station ID. Stu, what do you think the average person... Um, that maybe is not listening to the Glenn Beck program has a clue as how close the world is on being totally reset. 
definitely not. Definitely not. I mean, I mean, look, if you look at where we are, the economy's in a pretty good place. Um, I think there is a the people who follow politics, even if they don't understand the underlying situation, are so beat up with the polarization that I think some of them, particularly like on the left who don't like Trump, are going to be uh, maybe understand that uh, or at least feel that things are out of sorts. But that's not what you're talking about. That's not that's that's not what this is. There's part of it that's an ingredient to this whole mess. Yeah. But really, it's it's, it's the sum of the parts yeah. that are concerning, and the sum of the parts are some of the some of the things that we've always looked looked for. It's the sum of the parts that led me to oh, it's caliphate. This this riot in Egypt is going to lead to a caliphate. Now, some people are like, well, it wasn't a caliphate in Egypt. No, but it was a caliphate, which you were sounding out the word while you were condemning me. Yeah, remember they used to, they used to mock you and then mispronounce the word? Yeah. <laughs> Glenn Beck thinks his caliphate is going to happen. Excuse me? A what? Anyway, um, so I want to give you the categories that I think will help you navigate. Because with self-education... And information, you're going to be able to find shelter and growth and freedom. The world is the world is going to be facing a we're approaching a crossroads. We're either going to be, as they will be shortly in Asia in 1984, and that's the Orwell book, or in the West, we will be living a brave new world. Now, that's one option. We're going to be living basically in a cage, um, and it's either going to be a, a, a soft uh, plush cage. Self-constructed. Self-constructed. Mm-hmm. Or it's going to be a 1984 nasty cage. That's one side. The other is more freedom than the world has ever experienced. More freedom for you than you can possibly even imagine today. Because the world is changing, and... Th- and the, and the freedom factor that we are looking at is off the charts. But there's not a lot of middle ground on this one. So you want to be aware of the world of tomorrow um, because you are so busy navigating the world of today and trying to figure it out. We need to watch a few things. And I have always said that this audience is going to be the audience that turns the corner. If that's you, if you feel like, you know what, I want to be a part of the good future, then you need to be boning up this year on on what's happening so you can be the person that says, wait, 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 stop, don't go there, because we are approaching that time quickly. All right. I'm looking at a few, a few stories, and I want to just hit the categories first. Um, civility and chaos. It's important to look at civility as well as chaos because you want to be in those places where civility thrives. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm really close to just telling you where I've built my ranch because it's where people should live. But I don't want necessarily everybody to be in the area where my ranch is. But you need to find places like this. It's called California. <laughs> Los Angeles. Los Angeles. It's angels. It's the city of angels. Right. It's, it's, it's a place. It's a very small farming town. And it's important to look for places of civility 
And farming towns are really critical to us because they they know as farmers that I have to help my neighbor because if my neighbor is in trouble, their crops failed or their their tractor or their well went down. I'm, I've got to be over there with my tractor or my tools to help them because my well is going to fail. My 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 tractor is going to be in disrepair. My crops might fail and I want them to help me. So it's this it's a it's a society that is self-reliant and you rely on each other. There are some strange odors from time to time. <laughs> uh, uh, most of the time. Yeah. Okay. If you're near mm-hmm. milking cows. All of the time. (laughs) Um, But it's also important to pay attention to the chaos site. Um, And who is the Yellow Vest, Antifa, even the Proud Boys um, in in a very small way in comparison. Anything that uh, leads to instability or chaos, you've got to be uh, aware of it. Also, those who are unheard or feel they are unheard. We need to double our efforts as people to make sure that those who are feeling alone and feeling unheard are not feeling unheard by us. And I need to make sure that everybody in this audience feels heard, that that you have a way to have your voice and your opinion put out there. That's going to be very very important for stability then the other thing is is politics of meaning and like for instance yesterday donald trump walked out of the meeting with chuck schumer and nancy pelosi now i could give you an hour on all of the ins and outs of that but here's the politics of meaning if you go in to buy a car or a house and somebody says uh, what are you looking for and you say well i i have this i are must-haves if they say, well, I can never even get close to that, or I don't have that, or I'm not offering, or I'm not willing to give that to you, what do you do? Walk out. You walk out because it's a waste of time. It was a waste of the president's time because he has certain things are must-haves. That's politics of meaning. Nothing else needs to be said. You're listening to Glenn Beck. ZipRecruiter is the smart way to hire. Now, ZipRecruiter, when I first started with ZipRecruiter, they were not, um, I use quotation marks, smart, because they weren't using the algorithms that they're using now. I mean, this, is, this, this company has grown into this amazing, their CEO is incredible, mm. way over the horizon. Um, and he saw this coming, and so he built this this company. They actually bought the old Google building in uh, Los Angeles. That's how many scientists they have working on the algorithms. And they've perfected it. So when you put in an ad and say, hey, look, I'm looking for this kind of person to fulfill this job, they're going to find the people that are around you, that are qualified, that maybe never even read that ad, wasn't even thinking about you, may don't even know you. You're going to get a qualified candidate within an hour. Try ZipRecruiter for free now. Hire the right person fast. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Do it now. Uh, 
this is the Glenn Beck program, and we're talking about um, what is coming and how we want to focus this show. And I want to bring you in quickly um, uh, on on what we're looking for, because I look at you as a partner on being able to um, chart a course for either the greatest freedom, health and wealth the world has ever seen in this next page and chapter of human history that I think we are now on the bridge we are in a year from now you're going to be standing on the other side of the bridge and you're going to everybody's going to see this I think clearly Um, but we're moving so fast and we're not educating or even including the average citizen in some big topics we're all just concentrating on what CNN said and what Fox do and what did the what did Trump tweet that's meaningless stuff So I want to give you eight categories that we are going to really focus on and try to put the world into context and show you what leads to a collapse and totalitarianism and what leads to freedom. So the first category we talked about was civility and chaos. It's important to look for, you know, the goodness index and charity and faith and religion where it's working. But it's also really important to look at civil unrest and war and instability and those who are preaching chaos. For instance, uh, Iran and Russia, now Cuba and Venezuela, politics of meaning. Things that really, truly matter. Tweets don't matter. Tweets do not matter. But what the president is doing with the trade war in China matters, but not for reasons that most people even understand. That arrest in Canada of the, uh, of the Chinese CEO, that was, the, that was the thing that opened it up for me. And I went, oh, my gosh, this is what's really going on. And you need to understand that also money and how money is going to change, how jobs and employment is going to change Uh, our debt, uh, our personal debt, our credit card debt, European debt, banking, banking scandals, the way governments are going to start trapping people's money. I bet you don't even know that your money has really been trapped. If the bank collapses here in America, you're not getting your money out. They're going to give it to you. You know, the government will guarantee it, but you're not getting your money out because the banks have changed the rules. I think you watch this weekend to see if France starts to trap people's savings and their checking accounts in their banks this weekend. The next category would be education. What are the jobs of the future? What are the education alternatives? Um, How about entrepreneurship, home education, the goals of Common Core? Common Core changed names, but the goals remain. Um, Medicine. Medicine, we have to look at in a couple of ways, both positive and negative. Socialized medicine versus the free market. New ideas on how to provide health care cheaper. High-tech health care. Things that will that we have to decide whether they're good or bad. For instance, Humana Healthcare, giving away a free Apple watch. If you just sign up, well, that's great. Well, they're what they want is the information from your wrist. Are you exercising? Are you standing when it says stand? Are you moving? And that will become more and more intrusive. Well, it's good for the free market. Is it good for your privacy? Also, with things like CRISPR and the complete live system, that is coming, and we're already seeing it in Great Britain. We have to talk about ethics. Ethics also plays a big role in the next category, and that is high tech. 
surveillance, AI, AGI, ASI, the game changers, the biggest game changer on the near horizon is 5G. When that happens, you better understand why that's a game changer. And that plays right into into, uh, China. But things like empathy with technology, which are the first jobs to go? By 2020, you're going to start seeing sincere, significant job losses, permanent job losses, Uh, for instance, in trucking. Um, Media is the next topic, the old versus the new. This is where the disenfranchisement really happens. What is the old media talking about and what are people actually talking about? The deplatforming and digital ghettoization of the politically incorrect, which leads to the last topic, and that is something I call the United Corporations of America. Google, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft. Who are they buying? Who are they destroying? What are they building? Who are they hiring? Who are they merging with? What are they lobbying for right now? I think it's really important that the people who were for net neutrality, did you know that it was Google that wrote that law? Why would Google be interested in that? Are they really just for you? What are their actions overseas, especially in China? Who are they silencing and deplatforming online? And who's advising them on what hate speech really is? The creepy line, the partnership with government. Those are the things that we have to concentrate on. We're not going to give you all of the day-to-day um, little things other than like what we just did with um, Donald Trump walking out of the meeting yesterday we could dissect that for an hour but is it worth more if you're looking for meaning is it worth more than this explanation pat welcome to the program you walk into a store you're buying a house and you walk into the real estate agent and they have a whole list that oh, i've got so many houses to show you today good is do you have houses that are all under a million no, I don't have a single house that's, you know, they're all three million plus. Are you, are you uh, somehow or another being insincere by not saying, well, I can't afford that. I, I told you specifically we wanted a house under a million dollars. I'm leaving. Is that somehow wrong? No. So how is it wrong Absolutely that the not. president said, this is a condition, mm-hmm. I must have a wall. Now, we can talk about everything else, but in the end, I must have a wall. And if you say no, well, why should he waste any time? Which is what he said. Right. It's a complete waste of time. Right. That's not a temper tantrum. No. That's what you do in your life. That's politics of meaning. Those are the ways we need to start looking at things <laughs> this year and having conversations anything i missed pat you got the politics of meaning but you don't have the politics of dancing i noticed there that's i don't that's in 20 that's in 2020 oh yeah okay he does in 2021 is the politics of ooh feeling good (laughs) yeah yeah okay well because that's Uh, gonna be fun when we get to the ooh feeling good part oh yeah that's that's the fun talk that i'm a little later than 2021 (laughs) (laughs) i don't know culture does culture fit into one of these yeah, I put that in into, spirituality. I put that into the first category of uh, civility. What did I call it? Uh, civility and uh, chaos. Mm. Okay. The civility part is what 
causes us to be civil to each other. Faith, uh, charity, empathy. So it all fits into the civility chaos category. Yeah. yeah. To make sure that we, it's important that we look for the good places, too, and the positive things. Mm-hmm. Because I think our job as broadcasters, if we take our job uh, more seriously than just, hey, we got to make money and uh, get some ratings, our, our real job as broadcasters is to help people navigate their world mm-hmm. and find stability in their life. If that's possible, yes. You don't think it's possible? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's just hard to find sometimes, isn't it? I mean, it's, uh, some days it's like, uh, is there any stability? Is there any common sense? Is is there any common ground anymore? There are days when it looks like there isn't, like like none of those things exist anymore. I know they do. It's just hard to find. So you know what was interesting on yesterday's program? Yesterday we had all the people from Blaze Media on. Not all of them. We couldn't fit all of them on. Uh, but we had a lot of them. And we had them from significant libertarians to you know significant maga people and Mm -hmm. uh what i found yesterday was similarities there were differences but the differences i thought were were healthy differences and could be bridged where we have taken the conservative movement and we've chopped it all up and we've i've been a part of that chopping it all up Mm-hmm. And we have to come back together and embrace embrace each other if you say, I believe in the Constitution of the United States. Did anybody agree with uh, with doing the wall through executive order? Still? Anyone agree with it? Yeah. Um, was anybody okay with doing it that way? Uh, I think about there was one person who was, right? Was it? It wasn't was it John, John Miller, Miller? I think who was saying he thought mm-hmm. it was it, it was a viable, uh, yeah. it, but he wasn't like super strong. He was like, I'd rather not do it that way. Yeah. I don't think there was anyone yeah. who was like, I hope he does that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think yeah. it it kind of goes to where where you've been on. I don't see another way of getting it done. Right, right, right. And it's just fr- it's frustration, and it's leading into a point you don't necessarily want to be in. But right. I mean, this is a long, this is, you know, it's, it's understandable. We've been talking about this but for would it 20 be the years. the worst thing in your mind that's ever happened? Would you be heartbroken if it happened? <laughs> Can I tell you something? I don't know. I, I, really, think, <laughs> I really think you should, we should start um, uh, talking about the wall this way. Look, part of the reason why people are upset about free universal health care is because we cannot afford to give health care to the entire world. And if the entire world can just walk across our border and then go into a hospital and get free health care, we're bankrupt. We're already bankrupt, but there's no way of doing it. You can't have a welfare state and open borders. Now, that doesn't mean you have closed doors. It just means you have doors. Mm -hmm. People can come in the right way. We want that. But those people will come in the right way and they'll make money they'll enhance our economy mm-hmm. they'll pay into the system and then we can afford more than we can afford today if we just have open borders i don't know why we don't talk about it this way that it's the only way health care can be afforded at all i mean it's still socialized medicine still doesn't work but if you have open borders, there's zero chance of this working. Yeah, the borders are a real ser- serious situation. You know Glenn's uh, ongoing cascading caliphate uh, theory that he's talked about for many years and turned out to be completely right on. Um, that's why I've come up with my own uh, cascading theory. 
um, which starts with people finally realizing that avocado is disgusting. Um, I'm there, right? Mm-hmm. You see, it's already happening. Oh, it's yeah, already happening. I don't like this. it when you yeah. cut it and take the pit out. It's already bad. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was on vacation. My mm-hmm. daughter took one out that had been in the refrigerator for a day. Yeah, and I'm like, that is baby poop. Yes, get it away. It's from disgusting. Me. It starts it's turning brown. Brown. Get it away from. I me. think Jim Gaffigan says he buys them at the supermarket and just immediately throws them out there because that's what he winds up doing anyway. <laughs> 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 so. This is a deep theory. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Avocado is disgusting. This destabilizes the Mexican economy, causes a new border crisis. Mm-hmm. The wall gets built. Mexico retaliates by closing 70 to 80% of Taco Bell locations in the United States. This know. leads to a hot war, which we would call the fire sauce war. Right. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Then once eh, 300 million people or so die... There's a treaty signed which requires uh, Spanish subtitles to be on every television program in the United States. That's how it happens. And then we all commit suicide. That's how it happens. That's how it ends. That's how it happens. Yeah. Wow. So when you That's find powerful. yourself reading Spanish tub- subtitles, you'll know. You'll know. <laughs> you'll know. It all started with your <laughs> avocado in your stupid refrigerator. All right. Our sponsor this half hour is Simply Safe. Simply Safe is the best way to protect your home, protect your stuff. Uh, protect your guns, even your prescriptions. Um, and I, I hate to think that, y- you know, you have to lock up your prescriptions in your own home, but you probably have to lock up your prescriptions in your own home. Um, keep them in a Liberty Safe. Uh, and uh, keep, What am I talking about? I keep f- confusing Liberty you, Safe. Did you have avocado for breakfast? Avocado I, toast. That's what he ate for breakfast. And now look what's happening. You know what? I had an omelet this morning, and I do believe it had avocado in it. This is That's all, all it is. happening. My How gosh. many times have I said it to you? Sorry. The okay. media wouldn't listen. So, By the way, the answer to that is one. I said it once. All right. So Simply Safe protects your home. It's not a safe. I'm sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. Simply Safe protects your home and makes sure that nobody is opening a door or a window. It is the best technology out there. I, I brought this in uh, earlier this week. I just got this. Uh, Free systems, free sensors, free Visa gift card, and the lowest <laughs> and the lowest uh, uh, monitoring price, thirty bucks. No, no, the lowest except for the one that's half that cost. And you're and you're locked into like a five year contract. This is horrible. Simply Safe has it for fourteen ninety nine a month. You own the system. There are no gimmicks. There's no. They're not giving away free stuff because it's never free. Simply Safe, simplysafe.com. Go there now. Simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. So, Stu, can you help me out on something? Um, uh, the the Shannon Joy show t- uh, tweeted something out earlier today, and she said, it appears some of the big talkers are softening on DACA and amnesty. Glenn Beck and Sean Hannity signaling that they'd essentially take a gang of eight Hmm. For a few billion in border fencing. You signaled that? When? When? That's what I, t- I, t- I tweeted. And I said, uh, Shannon, uh, no. I d- I, can you give me a quote on where I said that? Because I didn't. If, if somebody took something I said to mean that, no, that's not what I mean. No, in fact, the new deal, uh, which Lindsey Graham is proposing now, is not just DACA. Remember, the old deal a year, a year ago was DACA for full border wall funding, which mm-hmm. is something even I didn't like even then. Um, now, the new deal is DACA for $5.7 billion, but the Democrats aren't going along with that. So Lindsey Graham has upped the deal to uh, $5.7 billion for DACA and like three other Democratic priorities on the border. 
No. Um, and it's all, it's like Susan Collins is involved no. and Tom Tillis is no. involved and uh, a bunch of sort of that gang of eight crowd. No. No. Look, we said, we said, we will talk about those things once the border is secure. We had $30 billion they were willing to give us just a year ago. Now it's $5 billion. That's not going to get the border secure. It's not going to do it. No. No. And I hope the president uh, stays tough on this. But I don't know what he's going to do. I mean, we're now negotiating for $5 billion. That's not enough to get this border secure. I'm not willing to talk about amnesty at all until you've secured the border. All right, let me tell you about our sponsor quickly before we uh, go on uh, the national radio program, and that is Relief Factor. Everybody has pain, and uh, there comes a point in your life where you're like, I, I don't want to live like this, and I don't want to take, I don't want to take, you know, prescription drugs because it's just poison. There is a natural remedy now for key ingredients that stop inflammation in your body, and you know it can be for you know uh, the old football injury or the neck or just sleeping wrong. I, I take it every day, three times a day, and I have seen dramatic pain uh, relief. As have what seventy percent of people who've tried Try the three week a quick start. Yep, relieffactor.com. Go to relieffactor.com, or you can call eight hundred. 500-8384 It's relieffactor.com Try it now Get your life back Get out of pain The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment This is the Glenn Beck Program I don't want to deal with he said, she said I don't want to deal with politicians uh, And I quite honestly I don't want to deal with the media anymore I'd, I'd rather go right to the person Who really knows do some fact-checking. What is the real situation on the border? Well, we have the former chief of the Border Patrol. He's going to be joining us in about a half an hour. Also, read this great book called The Skyscraper Curse. If you don't know what The Skyscraper Curse is, it's a theory. But up until recently, nobody had really done the homework on it to see if it was correct or not. When the world builds and unveils a new huge skyscraper, the economy collapses. Is that even true? We have uh, we have Dr. Mark Thornton on. He is the guy who uh, wrote the skyscraper curse. It's a fascinating theory. We go there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck program. All right, I'm going to pause here for just a minute here. Yeah, we changed the clock around a little bit. Uh, the way we do the show in the front half hour of each hour, uh, we were able to remove all the commercials except for two. So now you're, and by the way, those commercials are live commercials like the one we're doing here. So we never really leave the show other than uh, for, for about a minute. Yeah, about a minute. Okay, so let me tell you, our sponsor is Field of Greens. Field of Greens, I, I don't know about you, but I hate salads. I hate greens. I like fruit from time to time, but I never want to be forced to eat fruit. I was like fruit... I would be, you know, I probably would have had scurvy. I would have been probably, you know, uh, patient zero with scurvy back in the day because I, I like to eat fruit, you know, <laughs> when it's in season and when I feel like it. I hate it. You should have some fruit. You know what you need is another salad. Shut up. Get out of my face. Kale should never be mm -hmm. eaten ever. 
It's a superfood. Shut up. So now here's what, what there is for people like me and healthy people, too. Um, Field of Greens. Field of Greens is a salad and some fruit, everything that you need in a spoon. You just put it in, mix it with water, mix it with a smoothie, mix it with anything you have. You don't ever have to have a salad again. Yeah, it's a get out of salad jail free card. Yeah. So you don't have <laughs> to not, say. It's not their official You salad. don't have to think in your head when your wife says, have a salad. You don't have to think in your head, I'm not having a salad. You can just say, oh, I already had mine. In fact, I had two today. Field of Greens. Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseGlen.com. BrickHouseGlen.com. You'll get 15% off your first order. BrickHouseGlen.com. Experience a better you with a salad-free life in front of you at BrickHouseGlen.com. Okay, now this guy's got to probably have to talk down to us a little bit. Um, we're going to pretend we're smart, um, but he is a senior fellow at the Von Mises Institute. Uh, so I don't know if he can. It, it are several mouse Mises. We don't know. He might be able to answer that for us. He's an economist uh, with the uh, Mises Institute and the author of the book, The Skyscraper Curse. Uh, Dr. Mark, uh, Mark, Thornton, uh, Mark Thornton is uh, with us now. Doctor? Yes, Glenn, it's great to be with you today. Thank you very much. Um, so I have always been fascinated by the skyscraper curse, and it is, I've never really looked into it like you did. Your book is absolutely fascinating. Can you explain what the theory is first? Well, it, the basic theory is <clears throat> that when a record setting skyscraper is built anywhere in the world, um, by the time it's completed and ready to open, the world is going to be experiencing an economic crisis. And so the curse is the economic crisis that is associated with the building of a record-setting skyscraper. Now, if I'm not mistaken, it was the Woolworth building uh, around 19, what was it, 14, 15, something like that, that did not... Uh, does not fall into that category. And that was the world's first real kind of skyscraper. Well, you know, we've been building taller and taller for about 150 years. And uh, the skyscraper curse occurred earlier during the panic of 1907. But as the Woolworth building was being built, and it was being redesigned to go even higher to set the record. Uh, And then when it set the record in 1913, there was no economic crisis that followed. And so the original architect of the skyscraper curse, a real estate analyst named Andrew Lawrence, he called the Woolworth building uh, a mistake of the skyscraper curse. But when I went in and looked at the detailed statistics, what I found is that the U.S. economy was going into a severe recession uh, just as the Woolworth building was being prepared to be opened um, in uh, early 1914. But what Andrew Lawrence forgot or uh, just neglected was the fact that World War I was starting in Europe and all of the, the major powers of the world were getting ready for a war and they were buying steel, they were buying grain, they were buying weapons, mm-hmm. they were buying materials. And so that reactivated the U.S. economy and brought us out of what was one of the worst downturns in U.S. economic mm-hmm. history. Okay, so um, 
give me some because I, I think it's fascinating. Uh, the Chrysler building is completed. There's actually two skyscrapers. Donald Trump owns one of them now uh, by Wall Street and the, the Chrysler building completed. We have the crash of 29. The Empire State Building's completed a year later in 1930. Um, and we go into the Depression um, in what was it? 1970, the World Trade Center. That's right. Um, we were on a, a tremendous record-breaking uh, business cycle boom during the 1960s. Uh, economists from the Keynesian school uh, thought that they had been able to do away with the business cycle, and business cycle courses were being taken out of the curriculum uh, going into 1970 as the World Trade Tower 1 and 2 were being built and rising in New York City, uh, soon to be followed by the Sears Tower in Chicago. And what happened was, uh, just as all of this grandeur and glory for the Keynesians was reaching a pinnacle, the U.S. went into uh, an economic crisis. Uh, we had the stagflation of 1970 through 1982. We uh, had the U.S. Uh, going off the gold standard. Things were so bad. We had wage and price controls being imposed by Richard Nixon in 1971, just as the trade towers were coming uh, to a new record height. And so um, that was a, a spectacular, uh, menacing sort of ex- example of why we shouldn't trust Keynesian economics. So before we get into what you, know, what you see on the horizon, um, uh, what I really appreciated was the theory on why this is happening. Now, there's, a, there's another theory out there that, like, for instance, the Sears Tower, Whenever you build a tower, and I think, I think again, Woolworth was the exception to this. Whenever, you, whenever they build a record tower, that company is at its peak. It's all downhill from, from there. Um, and you kind of can understand that because you're thinking, okay, well, they're arrogant now. But the way you look at this skyscraper and the things that you say, um, th- why this happens, makes total sense. So can you explain your theory on why this is true, why it happens. Well, you know, the people who build these buildings, they may be arrogant, and they, their arrogance may have risen um, as a result of the position that they've risen to. But basically, the underlying cause of all this is cheap credit, low interest rates, artificially low interest rates from the central bank or our Federal Reserve. And those low interest rates, in the short run, cause people to you know, invest more, invest in long-term projects, invest in big, spectacular projects, um, because, you know, the the credit is cheap, uh, they're making profits, everybody seems to be doing well, and so the Fed can create a rosy economic scenario in the short run, but what it's really doing is causing people to make the wrong investments in the economy, to go beyond what would otherwise be economically rational and so the number one signal the number one price in any economy is the interest rate and when the fed cooks the books and reduces that interest rate for economic political or whatever reason they do it for if they do it too long and too far ultimately they're going to create male investments or bad investments like record-setting skyscrapers 
uh, which otherwise would never have been built. So it's interesting. It's not necessarily because it's an example of hubris, or it's certainly not the cause mm-hmm. of the economic trouble. It's a symptom of something. It's of somebody else's hubris. Some, yeah, yeah. The, the, right. the central banks. That's interesting. Um, uh, Dr. Mark Thornton is uh, uh, going to continue with us here in just a second. The skyscraper curse. Now let's look at where we are today and how does this play a role and what does it say for our future? We'll do that in one minute. First, let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It is X chair, X chair, easy way for you to keep your resolution on uh, making yourself, uh, making yourself, uh, taking care of yourself. If you're going to lose weight or you're going to get in shape or whatever, you're talking about taking care of yourself. You spend more time in your chair than you do uh, in bed at night. If you're working an eight-hour day, you are sitting in your chair. It better be comfortable. X-Chair is a great, comfortable chair. And they're now launching the X-Chair Basic, which is really affordable. I want you to check out the X-Chair Basic. Check out the entire family of X-Chairs. The X-Chair Basic is a great idea for if you have a home office and you're working at home a lot. Uh, that's it's a great idea for that because then you can kind of get all the you get all the comfort of the x chair you don't get every single feature but it costs so much less it's perfect if you happen to be someone who works at home which so many people do now i mean it really is uh, such a growing part of the economy have you ever sat in a chair that has more bells and whistles on it no yeah neither no. have i no. <laughs> neither have i uh and if you want all the bells and whistles they're there in the x chair if you don't need all the bells and whistles and you just want a great, comfortable chair, it's the X-Chair Basic. Do it now, 844-4X-Chair, 844-4X-Chair, or you can find them at uh, the letter X com. Comes with a 30-day, no-questions-asked guarantee of complete satisfaction there, like 100 bucks off. Plus, if you use the promo code BECK, you get a free footrest as well. It is XChairBeck.com. 10 seconds, station ID. So the author of The Skyscraper Curse, uh, Dr. Mark Thornton, uh, is is on with this on the Glenn Beck program. And um, you say that the skyscraper curse is real because of low interest rates that the fed has kind of cooked the books on we are now coming out of a place with the lowest interest rates for the longest period of time in the history of our country and maybe the history of the world um what does that say on what's coming well glenn it's it's scary uh to me uh as you said this is an unprecedented uh financial environment that we've just left and of zero interest rates uh, never happened in human history. And that's the background. Well, that's the background for all corporations who, uh, you know, what their financial structure is, is dependent upon an environment of low interest rates. And so as we leave uh, this environment of ultra low interest rates, you can expect a lot of those bad investments, which we can't necessarily pinpoint um, right now, but as we go forward, a lot of those investments that people have been making in real estate, in technology, in social media, a lot of that is going to uh, be revealed. And I think we're starting to see this um, in the business news where 
profit expectations haven't been met, revenue expectations haven't been met, cost of production uh, have risen unexpectedly for a lot of firms. And so when your revenues are coming down, your accounts receivable are backing up, and your cost of production are rising, uh, the profits disappear and the losses uh, start to reveal themselves. And then, of course, you have companies that are going to have to react to that uh, with restructuring, uh, with bankruptcy, with foreclosures. Um, and I think this is a worldwide phenomenon. It's not just the U.S., the Bank of Japan, uh, the European uh, Central Bank, of course, is still at it, really. They haven't yet mm-hmm. started retrenching. And central banks around the world have had to match those policies to protect their currencies, uh, or at least to balance their currencies. And so this is not just a U.S. phenomenon. It's a U.S.-led phenomenon, but it's going to impact the entire world. Uh, the people in the know realize that there's, cor- there's corporations all around the globe uh, particularly in the U.S., uh, in Europe, in Japan, in China, which are very, very vulnerable. And uh, we can expect over the next two years for this crisis really to take hold. Uh, I think we're just seeing the leading edges of it right now. Um, and, you know, it, if this it, were a storm that's if this is a storm that's headed our way, put it in a category one through five. I would say, I would say it's a category six. Um, you know, the the silver lining here is that this is going to be a very bad economic crisis, in my opinion. Um, I think the empirical uh, information is following that opinion. And um, this is, the silver lining is that we may have an opportunity uh, to get the world back on a gold standard or some other more sound monetary system. They will tell you, they Mark, have, I have talked to I have talked to people in you know banking and very high up in uh, in uh, economics and they all i mean they're all in my opinion they all believe the own the same crap that they all learned in the same schools um, but they'll tell you that there's no way the world can afford the lifestyle that we have with the gold standard that's why we got off it we had to buy more stuff we wanted more stuff we wanted a great society we wanted welfare we wanted two cars we wanted all that we can't do it with gold standard what do you say to that well we we can do it with the gold standard the gold standard is what the world you know we left the the world of of animals and you know wandering around um and we we discovered sound money silver coins and western civilization began to take hold uh, a few thousand years ago. So this is a brief time, and we need to learn the lesson that sound money, which is independent of any political wishes, is the way to go. And I think we we can see our way back in the coming crisis, so we can get rid of welfare, we can get rid of Social Security, we can uh, get back on a, uh, a monetary system that's sound and stable, um, and I think uh, we have a great opportunity here in this economic crisis that's coming forth uh, to return the world to more human-directed purpose rather than political purpose. Mm-hmm. When you say Category 6, w- w- what category would you put the Great Depression in? I would say that's a 5. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You would say the Great Depression was a Category 5, and what is coming is a Category 6 
That's correct. And, you know, one of the reasons the Great Depression became great is that FDR and even Herbert Hoover tried to solve it politically. They yeah. tried to spend their way out. They tried to inflate their way out. They, they wanted to, you know, create all sorts of government jobs, which is the wrong thing to do. Uh, if you allow the free market to resolve an economic crisis, you can make it much uh, shorter and much safer for people. And I think that we can reduce that Category 6 rating on this coming storm uh, greatly if we were to be able to pursue a more traditional policy. But, I mean, when, when you had we had Wilson that scared the hell out of people, followed by Harding and Coolidge and their recession, which was far steeper than 1929 um, and and the great what led to the Great Depression. Um, they solved that. That was over in like 18 months, but they stopped spending. You're not you're you're in a situation now where the world thinks that socialism is the great answer. I mean, you're not really looking at a country that will say, you know what, we should all tighten our belts and we're in this together and let's all suffer together. We're going to do the opposite, don't you think? I'm afraid we might, but I, I think that there is a way out. Harding uh, set the the standard. He required a balanced budget in a depression. He required that uh, interest rates be increased rather than cut. And so the historical record is on our side. Yeah. Uh, the, the free market economics works. Yes. And the socialism that we employed in the New Deal did not work. The socialism in the Japanese bust in 1989 not has worked. not worked yeah. in almost three decades of pain over there and frustration. Uh, but the Keynesian doctrine has not worked. It's only made things worse. It's made uh, economic crises last, last a lot longer. longer. So let me ask you this. One last question. We've got only about a minute. Uh, and I could go on for a long time with you. Um, uh, you you say that the, when these when these buildings are the ribbon is cut, it's it's underway. Is there a building we're looking at now in the skyscraper curse that when this happens, you think that's 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 the time? Yes, there is, Glenn. They're building a record-setting skyscraper in Saudi Arabia out in the middle of the desert. It's planned to be a kilometer tall. Oh, my it's gosh. It's set the record, the world record. Um, and the only reason it hasn't set the world record already, it was, it was scheduled to uh, break the world record um, in November of 2018, and it wouldn't be, wouldn't be complete. But only the uh, the corruption s uh, scandal in Saudi uh -huh. Arabia brought that project into a delay mode about a year ago. So it would have already set the record. Um, and it, so it's any time you're looking at any time you think this could this I could think go it began in November of last okay. year. All right, Mark. Thank you so much. The fascinating book. You, you should read it. Really good, solid research. It's called the Skyscraper Curse. The Skyscraper Curse by Dr. Mark Thornton from the Von Mises Institute. Back in a second with the facts on the border. You're listening to Glenn Beck. I don't know about you, but that kind of is a little sobering. Yeah, the Great Depression is. If the Great Depression was a five, yeah, and we have a Category Six that he says has already started, um, you might want to think about what do you do with your money? Um, cryptocurrency, 
I do not believe you should pour a bunch of money into this. I do believe everybody should have at least $100 in it. But most importantly, you need to educate yourself on Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, uh, how it works, uh, what blockchain is. And that's why we have a course that has been made specifically for you. It's smartcryptocourse.com. You can get involved by calling 877-PBL-BECK, 877-PBL-BECK, or just go to smartcryptocourse.com and get all the information. Take this course and open your mind to a new world. Smartcryptocourse.com. He's a former Border Patrol chief, a career FBI official, and he served in the Marine Corps. Mark Morgan is going to tell us what's really going on in the border next. So I'm tired of the he said, she said. I want somebody who's actually done the work. I want somebody who is not politically motivated. Uh, and in fact, if I can find somebody who's politically motivated, perhaps even in the other way, uh, it wouldn't be bad if I could just get the facts. Mark Morgan is a career FBI official. He served as Border Patrol chief for the last six months of the Obama administration. He was ousted by President Trump at the beginning of his presidency. Prior to that, he was the assistant commissioner to the U.S. Customs and Border Protection and a police officer at LAPD. He served as a um, uh, he served in the Marine Corps for 11 years. And I just want the facts on what's really happening on the border. I don't want political spin. Welcome to the uh, program, Mark Morgan. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Glenn. You bet. Um, c- can you can you run down um, and fact check uh, some of the things that have been said about the border? And can you tell the American people what's really happening? What are we facing? Uh, yes, I can. And, and Glenn, I tell you, if as American people are listening, I mean, what you said in your opening is your introduction, which I appreciated, is exactly why I have broke my silence after all this time. As, as time went by, at first I wanted to give people deference that, hey, they were just misinformed or because they were viewing facts through their own individual political ideological lens that, that they were unintentionally you know, misinforming people. But as time went by, you know, I, I don't say this with, with happiness, but I, I feel that there's actually some intent behind the distortion of the facts and what's out there. Sure. And that's why I broke my silence. Okay. And so I'll, I'll, I'll give you one example. If anyone says that the wall is ineffective, that they're simply misleading the American people. There are facts, historical data that shows that the wall, as part of a multi-layered approach of infrastructure, technology, and personnel, when those things coalesce together and they're provided effectively along the southwest border, Glenn, it works. And go to the facts. You know, there was an article that was just published by the Yuma County Sheriff's in, in Arizona that said when the wall, when the wall, along with technology and personnel, came to his territory, he saw over a 90% reduction in immigration, and he saw overall crime in his territory reduced drastically. That is a fact that's not made up. In the United States Border Patrol, when I go there, again, I was there. I, I, I don't understand why pundits are not listening to the experts. Look, you know, so, you know, the, the president of the Border Patrol Council, Brandon Judd, and, and the current White House, 
you know, they didn't want me there and they removed me. And I'm here today, as you said, to say that they're right. And the reason why they're right is because they've got decades and decades and they've dedicated their entire life along the southwest border protecting our country. And they're out there saying that the wall works. He talked about Nogales, San Diego. We could go on and on forever where it is fact, Glenn. It's not political ideology. It's not twisting. That's the fact. So yesterday, yesterday, the spin was from uh, Nancy Pelosi. Well, they're just going to tunnel under the wall. Yeah, that's, oh, Glenn, I, I tell you, I, again, I, I'm trying not to throw myself in the, the political arena. I think it's almost impossible to talk about this that issue without it being infused in politics. But that is a ridiculous statement. It is absolutely ridiculous. Why? So, Well, so it, it twists the facts. Are tunnels used? Yes. Have tunnels been used? Are they successful? Yes. But, Glenn, that is a minute problem. That is, that is a, a small problem of the overall problem. And I can tell you that the Customs and Border Protection, specifically CBP, they're working every day to improve their ground sensor technology and tunnel technology, working with the Israel, et cetera, to improve that technology. So, so that the argument is disingenuous. So because the, the bad guys change their tactics, techniques, and procedures, they're or we should do away with other infrastructure that mm-hmm. helps reduce the other techniques they use. I mean, you see, it doesn't make any sense. Can you can you help me with because I think this is a humanitarian crisis because we are so we are sending mixed signals all the time. People are sending their children over. The sex trade uh, is just outrageous the rape on women you have a 30 percent chance if you're a woman you're going with a mule 30 percent chance of being raped um can you describe how a wall is actually the humanitarian thing to do do you have any facts to go ahead yes and and, and again glenn you're you're 100 right everything that you just said you're 100 right and that's based on my experience, in fact, and the experience of a whole heck of a lot of other people who have been doing this a lot longer than I have. Because remember, as the FBI, I, I was in charge of the El Paso division. You know, from my, wall, from my office, I could see Juarez. So I lived it for two years and worked it for two years there right on the border. And I'm telling you, when, when I became chief of, of the Border Patrol, almost immediately, and this is back in 2016, almost immediately, you know what word I was using? Humanitarian crisis. And that was back in 2016. Mm-hmm. You know, in 2014 is when the onslaught of family units and then involved to the unaccompanied minors started. This, this is not a crisis that just happened today. It's a crisis that's been going on for a long time. And it is a dual hatted. It's a national security and humanitarian crisis. And here's where the wall helps. So look, again, it, it's, and no one is, and this is where it's disingenuous too, when people want to try as a soundbite say, well, the wall won't solve everything. That's absolutely correct, but guess what? No one has ever said that. There's not a single Border Patrol agent in the history of the Border Patrol or any leader within that agency that has ever said the wall works, but it is a significant part of the multi-layered approach. And here's where it will help everything that you just talked about. By building that wall, the infrastructure, technology, and personnel, what it's going to do is take away the avenue from the cartels and from the coyotes. They will no longer have the avenues to, to what, what I really think is a systematic abuse and torture of, of the people that they're bringing through this. Par- I agree. Crack, I agree. Right? And, 
and especially what you just said. And this is what I don't understand uh, the pundits' political side. Either. I, Glenn, I don't understand. It's just what you said. These are young girls that, that, are, that are being smuggled as part of the, the, the human smuggling effort, and they're being forced into to, to sex trade and et cetera. It's horrendous. And, and to think that we would not support everything that the expert says we need to, to mitigate that and have a positive impact on that, I don't understand. You build that wall, you have the technology, you have the personnel, it takes away that avenue from the cartels and the coyotes. And now the only way that somebody can get in is, is through the points of entry. And that gives us a heck of a lot better shot. Talk to Mark Morgan, you know, former Border Patrol chief, was with the FBI for a long time, U.S. Marine Corps. Um, so with the wall, this is something that a lot of people will bring up, Mark, is, you know, as you pointed out, tunnels could theoretically go under it. Uh, people could saw through it. They could climb over it. There are ways to get past walls. But the theory is, number one, you're going to get rid of the low-hanging fruit, right? People who don't want to do that. Two, you're going to delay anyone who's trying to attempt that so that Border Patrol can can get there and isn't it as well a sign like when you're in a, a country and and you see pictures of the wall on television there's a lot of people that'll be dissuaded just from knowing that the wall exists are, are those things accurate again Glenn, you, you know you've done your homework and you've talked to a lot of people everything you just said is right it's a deterrent it's a delay it it, it affords the united border patrol to use other operational tactics to secure the border and let me mention something about the tunnel again because again it's just an outrageous comment so so because there may be other methods to get around it you don't want to build it again it makes no sense that defies common sense and i i know the american people are smarter than that but let's talk about a tunnel just for example it, it is used, but it's few because you can imagine it is. It takes a lot, a lot of time, energy, and effort to build a tunnel. Uh, that's just not something that happens all the time and is easily done. It's very limited. Uh, happens very little in the grand scheme of things. Um, and so again, the, the argument is just ridiculous. It, it, it's like so you know because my neighbor's house has been broken into a few times. Um, you know what, I, what's the point of getting my security system, right? I mean, cause, because they could still get in it, again. It just doesn't make sense. Glenn. Um, Mark, I, I, um, I urge you, urge you to, uh, keep politics out of this. You are a powerful spokesperson because you, you worked in the last six months, uh, of the Obama administration. And then, you know, uh, Trump ousted you at the beginning of his presidency. And so you have credibility. You're not a, you know, you, you, I don't know if you're a Trump supporter or not a Trump supporter. I don't want to know, but I know that you worked for Obama ousted by Trump. Um, and you have the facts, please keep uh, politics out of this because you will, um, you can open people's eyes and minds because you don't, if you had an axe to grind, you might be grinding it the opposite way. Um, so thank you for that. And thank you for being willing to take the slings and the arrows for, for standing up. Can you, can you go ahead? Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm just saying that, thank you. I, I, I sincerely um, appreciate you giving me the forum because that's exactly right. And again, that's why I broke my silence because 
I, I don't have a there's there's nothing political. I I just want to provide the American people exactly what you started off with, just the facts. Let's talk truth, honesty, and the facts. And and I I have to believe that if enough people get out there and they tell the facts, the American people will get it and understand it, and we can do the right thing for our country. Are you are you up on the facts enough to uh, tell the truth about the uh, illegal immigrant child that died right around Christmas? That uh, especially Casio Cortez has been saying that you know the the border guard is so bad and so wicked that you know in their custody this child died. Are you familiar enough yeah. with that to be able to tell the story? I, I am enough because I think there's also some historical context that's important, too. And again, it, it's hard to talk about this issue because it's so emotional and so politically charged with, without talking about comments like that. But here's what I would say, Clint, is that on either side of the aisle, it doesn't matter. But when somebody that we elected to go to represent us says such divisive things um, to accuse men and women, that get up every morning and pin on the badge and risk their lives. And I said last night on Tucker, you know, the United States Border Patrol agents, 127 of them have given their lives on the front lines of this, this country mm. protecting them. And, and that, that's not manufactured, Glenn. That's real. That's real. That's not a manufactured stat. That's not a manufactured crisis. And I can tell you, if you don't mind, so when I was chief, I remember going to the Border Patrol and and the, the chief patrol agent, Manny PD and I were, were, were headed towards the border. It was like midnight because a whole group of unaccompanied uh, minors had, had, had gotten there. And I wanted to see that firsthand. And I told him, hey, don't let the troops know that I'm there. So we walked up and we see this, this large group of unaccompanied minors. And there was this little boy that looked to be about nine. And he's holding the hand of, of what I believe to be his sister, which was about six or seven. But what I saw, and they were terrified, right? There's this nine little boy and this girl terrified, holding each other's hands. But what I saw was a United States Border Patrol agent knelt down in the dirt, mm -hmm. and he's talking to them in Spanish, and he's talking to them with, I mean, I'm getting choked up right now because he, he was talking to them with, with the, the utmost dignity, respect, and compassion. He had no idea the chief was there. And, and I looked at that, and I looked at Manny Padilla, and I said, Wow. And he's talking to the, the, he's this little girl boy like like they were his own. Yeah, I've and I've so I've cool. seen it myself, Mark. I'm out of time, but I've seen it myself. Thank you so much. And we'd like to talk to you again. Mark Morgan, former Border Patrol chief on the facts. Um, all right. Our sponsor this half hour is real estate agents. I dot com. It's amazing to when you go through purchasing a house, what a big difference it is to find the real the best real estate agent. I, you know, you, I've gone through like out of out of uh, state sales before, mm -hmm. and you have no idea what's going on with your house if if you don't have the right person. You no. have to have someone who's on top of it all the time, giving you updates. Someone who basically obsesses about the house as much as you do. Yeah, and you know, a lot of times real estate agents say, "Well, I'm also a real estate agent on the side." Okay, that no, 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 no. Uh, you want somebody who is dedicated to your house full-time, somebody with a marketing plan, somebody that you can trust, somebody that knows the area that is either you're buying in or you're selling in, and it's going to give you the best price either way. I want you to go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Get moving right now. realestateagentsitrust.com. I don't know why it's fascinating to us, but... Uh, I think 
Uh, we have to talk about the Jeff Bezos uh, divorce coming up. Uh, he is going from the richest man in the world to the fifth richest man in the world, and his wife <laughs> will be the tied for fifth, fifth <laughs> richest person in the world. Um, and uh, and it's getting kind of messy. We'll talk about that. Also, uh, Kevin Hart. Uh, I want to just touch bases. I love the fact that they're just eating their own right now. Oh, yeah. It's it's interesting to watch. It's like yeah. a National Geographic film. And have you ever licked a uh, doorbell? We'll get into that coming up in just a second. Uh, another sad piece of news. Oh, Glenn. Okay. Uh, the U.S. carbon emissions are out for 2018. Yeah. And they have surged, meaning we, we are... Closer and closer to the apocalypse. Wait a minute. Didn't we just close down all the coal plants and everything? Yes. A ton of coal plants, actually. Uh, and it's up? And it's up, which is terrifying. And then the reason, I think, is is the worst part of all. Because it's, you know, carbon emissions have been falling in the United States for quite a while, mm-hmm. uh, despite the fact that we haven't signed on any international treaties about mm-hmm. it, because we've been switching from coal plants to natural gas. Yeah. Um, and not for environmental reasons, just because it's, it's worked out better for why, us. Why, why are we going up? Uh, well, it's the worst reason of all. Um, the the dar- carbon dioxide emissions rose by 3.4% um, because the economy was so good. <laughs> and uh, it overwhelmed the coal point the plants closing. Wall Street, we're right. Yeah. If we could just go back to, you know, an agrarian kind of society, mm-hmm. we would be able to pull our, you know, pull our plows with our horses, not cows. Our horses, and uh, we'd all, well, we'd be hungry, uh, and many of us would starve to death and die of disease, Mm -hmm, but hey, we're the virus, so might as well. Patriot Mobile is awesome, man. Uh, We've been with them for a while, and they have great service, and you get great phones, and you get all the things you'd expect from a top-notch cell phone company, except for the donations to all the causes you don't agree with. Because left-wing organizations get tons of money from big cell phone companies, and it's it's your money. So why give it to them when you can give it to Patriot Mobile for the same service? And they're going to donate to conservative causes that you actually believe in. What's crazy, and you get to select them, what's crazy is um, you spend your whole day working and, and preaching against these things. And while you're on the phone, you're paying Planned Parenthood. (laughs) <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah. If you don't believe in it, you probably shouldn't be giving your money to them. Yeah. So that's why Patriot Mobile exists. Uh, Patriot Mobile is a fantastic company. And uh, go check them out. PatriotMobile.com slash blaze is the place to go. PatriotMobile.com slash blaze. Or call them at 1-800-A-PATRIOT. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Three countries in the news. France. Great Britain, China, I can see France, I can see Britain, I can see China's underpants or something like that. Um, China has just come up with a a new mega drone, which Andrew Heaton doesn't understand at all. And I think I'm with him. But we begin with what's happening this weekend in France and what it may mean to you by Monday. We go there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, we cleared a lot of the commercials out of the uh, first half, and uh, we only stopped for two minutes, one minute at a time in this first half hour. So we're with you, and we just uh, give you a a live commercial here. And uh, here's the first one. It's a relief factor. 
And Relief Factor is something that we really, really believe in. There's a lot of people who are um, on Relief Factor here in uh, the studio. Uh, and I started a year ago, uh, Christmas. And I take it three times a day, and I've seen an enormous difference. I mean, life-changing difference in my pain level. Um, I've got, um, you know, just, you know, you've got them, too. Everybody's got their complaints. Uh, and... <laughs> Uh, and I just couldn't live it anymore. I just couldn't do it a year ago. Started taking Relief Factor. Uh, my wife said, just try it. It's all, you know, natural. And so I'm like, that's eh, not going to work. It actually did for me. And for 70% of the people who try the quick, uh, you know, the quick start, uh, which is a three-week trial, 70% of those people go on to order more, just like I did, because it works. Try it. Get your life back. It's relieffactor.com. Go to relief factor.com something's off with andrew heaton is the name of the podcast that you can hear daily with andrew heaton and he joins us now hello thank you good to be back yeah yeah good to have you back how was your how was your holiday it was great i was i went to uh oklahoma for christmas Mm -hmm. and i went camping in eastern texas Mm -hmm. and uh, i went up to new york to visit friends so i had a great time Holy cow. So it was, yeah, it was all over uh, the yeah, board. Yeah, it was all over the yeah. board. Yeah, yeah. How was the change from uh, like Oklahoma to New York? You know, okay, so I, I lived in New York for six years, and I think it's kind of like if you've if you've been stuck in a car with someone for like three or four weeks, this, you, you have no patience whatsoever. Mm-hmm. That's how I was when I left New York. Mm-hmm. Coming back, though, uh, I, had, I had rebuilt all of that, that deep breathing, and yeah, I was you able know, to handle it. It's fine. It's fine. It's a great place to visit. Yeah. You just don't want to be trapped. Uh, live there. I think, I think <laughs> you can live there if you are very young uh, or very hot or very rich, and I am smoking hot. But I don't have right. enough money to make it work long term. So that's. Can that's I the, tell you something? Uh, when I was living there, I was very rich, and uh, no, uh-uh. no, it, it makes it better, mm-hmm. but it still sucks. Yeah. But you, do you need all three of those things? Because Glenn was rich, but certainly not young, <laughs> and, and certainly not hot. hot. And you obviously are very hot. Yeah, but you're not necessarily rich or and, young. And I'm no longer. I, I, I'm I'm 35 as of yesterday. Yeah, happy, happy, happy birthday! A, a, a quarter of my happy life birthday. is over now. Yeah, uh, and uh, you, you know what? Think you're gonna? I'm very optimistic. Yeah, still. Very, I'm not good at math, but I'm thinking like 120. Oh, yeah. wow. uh, that's that's yeah. my that's okay. my thought. All right, all right. Yeah, you're not good at math. Um, and uh, one of these days, you're gonna find somebody to share your life with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm working on that. I, yeah. I think uh, I think is this this the year. This could be the year. This, this could, could be, be the year. year. I'll, I'll what are you looking for? Three wives. What do you like? Uh, I you know I really like I like playful goofy ladies because uh, I'm I just I kind of want to joke around right mm-hmm. um, so that's a big deal I like uh, I like open minded people uh, who are who are tolerant I don't want I don't really like fighting I'm not combative uh, and I have a lot of really weird friends so whoever I whoever I wind up with has to be fairly. Uh, porous to to other ideas coming in, <laughs> sure, uh, eclectic, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's that's. But you fit in with us, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think I fit in here very well, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're yeah. we're pretty eclectic. That's just, just, that is that is an understatement. Plan. <laughs> I, I think I think eclectic is yes. That is the minimum F, FDA well, regulation really, term that we have to you, use for this motley crew. Well, well, what would you say the actual term is? If eclectic is the minimum, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know psychology that well. Right. Okay. I, I'm All sure right. there's some okay. kind of term for it. All right. Um, so um, uh, let's start with France. Okay. France 
having uh, having riots. You're mm-hmm. familiar with right. the Yellow Vest riots. That is, that is their national pastime. So yes, yes. yes. Uh, this was pretty serious. Uh, the seventy percent approval rating with these riots, uh, and they just changed yesterday. About this time, they announced that. Wait, uh, I'm sorry. The seventy percent of the French population likes the riots. Yeah, they, they, like the they group, side right? with the. They, oh, they side okay. I, th- with I the, thought the riots were like the top political. Thing. <laughs> no, okay, no, but okay, no, yeah. no. They they side with the the people who are rioting. Okay, gotcha. Okay, All right. Uh, so the leadership came out and said, "This weekend, we want to try something new because we want direct democracy." Which, as a historian uh, yourself, works out super well <laughs> every time. It's, it's, if you want to be a Greek city state for 80 years, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd say outside of those, mm, yeah. not, not going to work real well. Really? So uh, they want to direct democracy. They want to make up their own laws. Uh, and, um, uh, and they're going to try to collapse the euro beginning this weekend. Real quick, that, that could work because I, like one of the problems of direct democracy is ultimately the people with the most free time run the country. Because if you have a job, you're you don't have time to to you know go online and write laws. But everyone in France only works three months a year, so that right. might they might actually be able to make that work. That's <laughs> right. possible. Okay. For them. All right. So they're they're telling people go in, take your euros out of your bank account and put it into cryptocurrency. They're saying that they like you to take everything out, but just take at least twenty percent out. If that happened, if you got seventy percent of France to take twenty percent of their money out and cash it out of euros. You could have a economic disaster on your hands all across uh, Europe. Are they trying to create a run on the bank? Or are they trying? Yes, and that's hopefully going to lead to the Correct. collapse of the euro. Correct. So it's, it's, would, it, I would be amazed. Ambitious. If I would France say France became the champion of of cryptocurrency yeah. and brought down the euro. That is not a prediction I had for 2019. <laughs> it's Mr. Robot season three. It yeah. happens though. Yeah, we'll look for yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Good. I, I've got a plan. For what France should do, because really? the the, the uh, when, when last I was reading about this with any great degree at the time, I don't know if they've dealt with this, but at the time, the police were threatening to join the protesters. And at that point, mm-hmm. it's kind of game over because the only the only folks that are you know keeping marginal order in France are the police, because the, the, these have gone from protests to riot. There's a qualitative difference. Right. So I thought if I were Macron, what would I do? And I came up with a brilliant solution. OK. As the government. You go on strike. <laughs> That's right. You you go. We're joining you. We agree. We are. We I President Macron. I am going on strike. I am not going to work anymore. Uh, none of my cabinet's going to work anymore. We're with you. And then what happens? Who runs the country? And the answer to that is Germany. And I think that's ultimately ultimately what France needs to do is right. outsource its leadership to Germany for a right. While. Right. You know, I think if our government went on strike, they've done that before. You know, they've outsourced their leadership yeah, to Germany before. I, Did third, not work third out times as well. the charm. Okay. I think, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, if 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 our government went on strike, you know, if if Trump and Pelosi and Schumer said, you know, we can't agree on anything, but we're going on strike, I think the American people would cheer. Uh, yes, I, I, I think that could be a fairly popular thing. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody just, would be like, okay, good. Like all of Washington goes to the Florida Keys, yeah. just a bunch of museums for a while. <laughs> right. that, could, that could be a lot of fun. <laughs> right. I think that would be a, a very good thing. There are real uh, issues with the shutdown, though, because, you know, you there are some serious things that are going on with it. Obviously, the people who are out of work, you have the mm-hmm. people, you know, like these big parks close and there's businesses nearby that are, mm-hmm. you know, based on the traffic that mm-hmm. goes there. You have a flood insurance coming up for renewal. There's also food stamps. But I think the thing that might turn people around on this is no longer can craft breweries get their labels approved by the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, which apparently they have to do. So no new Uh, varieties of craft beer 
coming into play, I think that could actually cause enough pressure to shut down the whole debate. This is how long I've been an alcoholic. I first thought, when did Kraft, the macaroni and cheese people, start making beer? <laughs> oh, man. Macaroni yeah. beer. Yeah. That sounds like a like a very popular, horrible idea for about six weeks. Yeah. Of like, oh, no, Wisconsin, we love beer, we love cheese, so macaroni beer. <laughs> it's three cheese beer. <laughs> the more you talk about it, the yeah. more it's true. Yeah. Now I want it. You know, just say beer. That could be like kind of a good Viking I mean, thing. they have beer cheese. Which yeah, is delicious. It's true. Yeah. Okay. This could be a thing. We may have just created a giant. Uh, Somebody uh, at Kraft is going. We are getting out of the <laughs> macaroni and cheese business. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. So if um, I mean, because this is a serious thing with our economy, China's economy. If Europe would collapse, you know, I have I, I'm d- doing this seriously with some of the war gamers that we we uh, talk to. Who are the allies and who are the Axis powers? I mean, if Europe would go into chaos, is there anyone within the sound of my voice that bets against Germany? No, <laughs> Ger- Germany. Well, G- didn't Germany kept an independent bank too? Like they, like for years now. I mean, like it's since the invention of the euro, we're like, yeah, just going to keep our bank just in case, <laughs> in case something happens with the euro. So like they can like tomorrow, yeah. they're good to go. Uh, and also their economy. I mean, like it was like I, I used to live in the UK, and uh, and there's there's still a little bit of of anti-German resentment. And the, some of the older folks are like, I thought I thought we defeated these people and they've taken <laughs> over because uh, their economy is so good. Uh, Germany, the, well, their the, economy is good unless France and Italy and Spain and everybody else goes down. Their economy is what fifty or eighty percent export to the euro zone okay yeah so that makes sense if that goes down germans are in trouble would, would it would it necessarily follow that if the currency implodes that the the trade zone would as well uh yeah well yeah so i, I think i mean i think they could i don't i don't think they'd have the, the to do euro that. no they wouldn't have to but the euro as we would know it would be over that would just be that's what they promised it would, it would make they trading promised. more difficult for sure because you'd have to yeah trans- i mean uh, they would really. all trade with each other but the promise of the european union is over it's peace and prosperity that's what they guaranteed well i don't have either so what are we doing in this do we have an idea of how serious these things are when it comes to these protests because i think like you get that sense that like uh, this happened many times with like anonymous and they would be like in four hours we're going to destroy mark zuckerberg's toilet and you're like uh, and then <laughs> it never happens they and threaten Mark's- things all the time he's still going potty in his toilet yeah. it's still working right do we know like is there i mean we're gonna pull out 20 percent of our money and put it in bitcoin to collapse the euro is that is that a legitimately threatening they have 70 percent approval rating that's kind of now, the scary part right yeah so if let's just say occupy wall street or Antifa had 70% of the country behind them. And then you had in that 70%, you had another 70, 80% that was like, yeah, I don't have anything else better to do, but just do whatever they say this weekend. (laughs) If 70% of that 70% would go in and take 20% of their money out of the bank that that would be very harmful they, they would the the french government right but that's an impossible that's asking all, yeah. the, all the people to put their money where their mouth is which is usually a, a division in polling yeah, yeah. Uh, between like hey do you want more stuff yeah do you want higher taxes no okay well those are those are right ir- irreconcilable yeah uh, but like when you're, you you're, poll people yeah when you're talking about collapsing the euro and collapsing the financial system uh, you know i think there's just more people that are like um 
wait a minute. <laughs> I'm not sure. Because that, that affects my paycheck, right? Right. That, that could affect, that How could do affect I cash football my... games. Yeah. That could affect wine. <laughs> right. uh, I, I do, it wouldn't surprise me if it brought down the Republic. Because uh, we're, on, we're on Republic 5.0, right? Like mm-hmm. this, it just this like the last one. De Gaulle's the last one that started up, but they they reboot a lot more frequently than we do. They're, oh, yeah, they're, yeah, like, they're yeah. like an old computer. Yeah, and it's <laughs> so, not, and it's also not uh, uh, it's not just France. Remember, the yellow jacket thing has spread all over Europe, including England. So if you if you had a good portion of people, I don't think it's going to happen. But if you had a good portion of people do it this weekend, it could make a real run on the banks. And that's the last thing you want. More with Andrew Heaton here in just a second and the rest of the uh, broadcast. First, for one minute, let me just pause here and tell you about American finance. American finance uh, is um, is a place that I would go if you're looking for a loan, if you're looking to refinance. Uh, right now is the time to refinance. If you have not refinanced yet and you uh, have a uh, a floating, what do you call that, a interest rate, adjustable uh, rate, adjustable rate mm-hmm. get out of that adjustable rate because it is going to go up. They've been talking about raising the rates for a while. And that's been and part they already of the, have. Yeah, part of the reason. Yeah, they've raised them already and mm-hmm. they're going to raise them more, although they're getting nervous because of the economic problems. Both mm-hmm. of these are good reasons to make sure you lock in a good rate now. Yeah, you really want to be mm-hmm. on stable ground. And the people that will do it are the people who do not make a commission on what they're selling. See, that's what the difference is. When you go to a bank, you speak to a loan officer, and the loan officer is going to decide whether or not they're going to give you this loan. No. You're talking to a salesperson who is selling you a loan. That's the difference. And once you understand that, you want somebody who is not making commissions on the sale. You want somebody who is in your corner and trying to find the right thing, and that is American Financing. Go to AmericanFinancing.net, AmericanFinancing.net, or call them at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Ten seconds, station ID. You know, I think if you're if you're looking at Europe, everybody would bet on the Germans, right? And the Germans and the Italians. You want to get them together only for dinner. Yeah. You tell the Germans, you bring the dessert. You tell the Italians, you bring the main course, and you're good. That's the only time you want to put those two those two peoples the, together. The best idea is to keep them in different rooms while they're eating, so they don't talk. <laughs> yes, don't don't. No, there's no don't. No, there's there should be no marriages or anything. No. If, if you're worried about World War, II, I feel like Germany did the heavy lifting in World War II. I'm mm. not as worried about about Italy. Well, Italy on their own, sure. You oh, know, Italy's not going to be able to. They, oh, they, they kind of. I've, I've been there a couple times. I, I love Italy. It's a it's a wonderful country. The people are friendly. The people are beautiful. Uh, that said, though, uh, I, I feel like watches are purely fashion statements in Italy. Oh, uh, I, <laughs> I, uh, I I took a train from. It was the German part of Switzerland. I took it down from um, wherever I was, uh, Interlaken, to Milan. And the uh, as I'm on the train, the announcer comes on and goes, "Passengers, we apologize. The train will arrive eight minutes ahead of schedule." And I was like, what? Why are you? And then conversely, when I got on the, the, the train from Milan to Venice, 
uh, we stopped for two and a half hours, and I, <laughs> I, I, I no apology. No, no. I, I finally grabbed like, and they'd oversold the ticket, so I'm just standing in a vestibule, and I, I, uh, I grabbed a conductor, and I was like, I'm sorry to bother you. Why, uh, what, what's going on? And he goes, Oh, I, I can't do a good accent, but he goes, I, I'm, I'm sorry, the train made a wrong turn. And I was like, it's a train. <laughs> it's on a, I could steer the train. I could absolutely steer I didn't know there was thing. a steering yeah, wheel you, in the how train. How did you mess this up? That, that was where I was like, yeah, I'm not worried about you guys. I, that, yeah, you, guys yeah, can, yeah. you guys can do whatever you need to. So, I mean, you would, if you look at all of them, like, you know, the, the British are just, you know, France, no. Spain, maybe, is somebody that you have to worry about. Ireland, no. Scotland, Scotland mm. seems like you know they're you know the reason why they throw those posts. Oh yeah, the the, the timber crossing. Yeah. yeah, have you ever seen that? Yeah. So they 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 say, hey, uh, we're gonna put our toughest guys in a humiliating skirt and make them throw a tree, and they did that because England wouldn't allow them to have any swords or any weapons of any kind. So they're like, all right, well we can't train with weapons, so. Hey, knock the branches off that tree. See how far you can put, uh, uh, throw it. Honestly, that's wow. how they kept, you know, trained. They seem like a fierce uh, opponent, but they really, you know, ever since Braveheart, really not. <laughs> I, you know, I think they're they're plucky opponents, but they have warm hearts deep down. That's what, one of the things I love about Scotland when I visit it, because I, I, I live there for a couple of years and I go back every you year. you Scottish? Yeah, eth- yeah, ethnically, yeah, I'm English, Scottish, and a little bit of German. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, my my uh, on on my dad's side of the family were McGills, which means uh, son of a stranger. So bastard. I, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why we didn't keep that name. The, the McBastard family sounds a lot more fierce than McGill. McBastard. Uh, yeah, it's down to the McBastards. Yeah, which, which castle are you going to attack? Towilliger Castle or McBastard Castle? Oh, you're not going Fortress anywhere. McBastard sounds like it'd be kind of, that'd be a tough weekend. I'm going to go after Castle, castle McGillicuddy. Uh, yeah, I, I used to live over there. Uh, I, what's fun about Scots is that they, they're very friendly, but they seem homicidal. So you'll you'll walk up on the street and go, "Hi, how are you?" "Oh, I'm great. How are you?" "Uh, I'm fine. <laughs> I think you should meet some of my mates. Come with me." And you're like, "This is where I die. I'm going to get stabbed in an alley." And then you go and it's like, "All right, this guy's from America. We're going to buy him paints." And then you do it. You've got a bunch of the best friends. It's great. Uh, and then the the saying in Glasgow, uh, I didn't live in Glasgow, but in Glasgow the saying is that it's so friendly they'll stab you and then they'll drive you to the hospital. Uh, so it's like it's simultaneously violent but cool. Uh, so I, I, you know, I, I I know somebody who grew up in Scotland and. Uh, he said, we, we weren't really even afraid of the police. He said the police would come. Police would come. He was, you know, he was a rough and tumble kind of guy. And he said, we were in, you know, some bad parts of Scotland where you don't really want to be. And he said, uh, you know, we'd be in fights and stuff. And the police would show up and we just all turn around. We'd stop fighting and all turn around and go back up, back up. Because <laughs> they don't have any guns or anything. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Back up. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I would I would be somewhat careful. But, but the, the other thing too, though, is that remember all parties in this equation are drunk, so the yeah. the, uh, the, the cops might well be on their third pint, which is perfectly acceptable at eleven o'clock in the morning. Right, and so like you don't know, it's it's kind of a loose cannon. You got to be careful. So, what are you covering uh, on today's uh, podcast? Uh, today we're going to cover uh, gridlock and the underlying reasons behind it. Uh, yesterday was a really cool episode. Have you ever had Dale Brown on? 
I, I think you Doug think, Brown. Yes, I think I have. Uh, he runs a, a security firm out of Michigan. Like he runs a private security firm, and okay, uh, he no. was fascinating to talk to because he, uh, like he he runs a like kind of there's kind of like a chunk for everybody in this one because if you're, if you're libertarian, it's like yeah, I'm going to have my own private security force. But he doesn't use guns because he finds that they. Uh, accelerate violence and things. So, like, if you're okay, you, you're a little bit more wary. Um, he was cool to talk to. Uh, and then tomorrow, we're planning to have on Jonathan Haidt, uh, which I'm really looking forward to. I think that'll be a fun chat. Have you ever talked to him before? I've met him a few times. I've not interviewed him. Yeah, but he I, is, his, his books made a big impact on me. Yeah, me too. Me too. He is. Uh, he's a fascinating guy, especially when you you start at the beginning where he kind of thought he was the typical progressive liberal, and then went, oh, no. Not so much. I mean, still, we're not in the same, you know, we're in the same neighborhood. You know, we can live in the same neighborhood uh, with each other, but, you know, not in the same necessarily house, if you will, politically speaking. But he's a fascinating guy. I think he's, I mean, he probably votes Democrat, but I think the the big distinction is... New York. Yeah, he lives in New York. Yeah. But the, um, having talked to him, having read his book, he doesn't view political... Uh, deviation is a form of heresy. Yes, which is really important. I think he has a way out. That's on the podcast. That's tomorrow's Andrew Heaton. Something's off with Andrew Heaton. You're listening to Glenn Beck. All right, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, LifeLock. You know, we've been looking into technology things here for uh, for some upcoming shows. Technology is just the greatest thing and the worst at the same time it is the, the the best commercial for lifelock is just life continuing because as it continues you realize how important it is to have this every day you look at the news there's 10 more things that you know hackers and crazy people have thought up to get your stuff to get your identity and even if you know even if you're a mom uh at home or a grandma at home and you're just posting cat videos and you think oh nobody's it no 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 they're after your information so get LifeLock now. They can't protect against all threats, but they're the best in the business. Use the promo code BECK and save 10% at LifeLock.com. LifeLock.com slash BECK. Promo code BECK. LifeLock.com. So the U.S. hit a 25-year milestone. Uh, and unlike every other one of these, it's actually good news. We'll tell you what it is coming up. So I'm reading about Jeff Bezos and his um, uh, his divorce from his wife, which is really sad. They've been together for how long? Twenty five years. Twenty five years. And uh, they've had a great relationship, far as we know, on the you know, on the outside, had a great relationship. She's been there the whole time. Every time I've ever heard Jeff Bezos and his wife uh, talk about marriage and things. Now, this is obviously years ago. They've always given the impression that they're real partners and, you know, like I couldn't do what uh, I couldn't do what Tanya does. Tanya couldn't do what I do together. We can support each other and we we make it together. Um, And I don't know if it's like that with all marriages, but. I've always gotten the impression with Bezos, it is like that. Because yeah, she was around before Amazon. He was he was a millionaire. I believe it was four years after they got married. Yeah, he was first a millionaire. Remember, this guy is the richest man in the world. One hundred and forty-seven billion dollars. So net she, worth. I think she, you make a great case that she absolutely 
deserves half of everything. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I think absolutely. Certainly, there's you don't have a prenup in that situation. They both had nothing. Yeah. And they came to the relationship uh, without lots of assets, so they don't have a prenup. And, you know, you're talking $147 billion. 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 He's the richest man in the world. Mm-hmm. So she's going to be... You know, getting something like $73.5 billion, which Jeez. is a lot to get. Do you think you even fight over that? You're with somebody for 25 years. Do you think you even fight over that or just say, here's half? You know, you hope it's like that. I mean, they did release a very nice statement. You know, our relationship is changing, but we'll still be friends type of thing. Yeah. Um, which indicates maybe it's... You know, I mean, he's going to walk away with $73 billion. He's still in a decent spot. It's more than I have by a significant amount. It's uh, more than <laughs> how much, for instance, how much, let's say, let's compare him to somebody who has, you know, $50,000 worth of wealth. So, you know, you, you might make $50,000, but, you know, you've got, uh, you know, between what you have invested in your house and your car, if it was paid off and a 401k. Then she got around fifty grand. Yeah, which is decent. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, depending on what stage of life you're in, that's right. a lot more than many people have. Let's take his one hundred and seventy-four billion dollars. One hundred forty-seven. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is him going out and going? Oh, that's a million dollars. Yeah, give me four of those. How mm-hmm. how much is a million dollars to Jeff Bezos compared to somebody who has fifty thousand dollars? So if you have fifty thousand dollars, wow. Uh, so he's 147 billion. A million dollars to him is the same as 34 cents to someone who has fifty thousand dollars. Oh my gosh, 34 cents. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's incredible. So you literally could go in because if you have fifty thousand dollars and 34 candy is 34 cents a piece, you right. just go grab a handful. You might even put a bag full in yeah. there. And you're like, I don't care. Think of that. Yeah. I mean, look. If, if, he could go out and buy Bugattis. You know, like, yeah, give me one in every color and uh, make a color up, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know Come I mean? up with a device that will create a new color never before seen by the human right. eye. Right. Yeah. I mean, think about this. We talk about someone with $50,000. Think about a normal, holy crap, that guy's rich person. Someone with a million dollars. A million dollars. A millionaire, right? Mm-hmm. To a millionaire, the difference between Jeff Bezos spending a million dollars to a millionaire, that's like $6.80. Oh, my It's a value gosh. meal, right? Like, it's an extra value meal. You wouldn't even oh think about it. Oh, my gosh. So, that goes back to, and again, you know, a best advice I ever got uh, on money was somebody who said to me, how much is enough? Now, this is a guy, you know, who I think helped invent styrofoam. So he had a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, I don't know. And he said, you have to decide because it will never be enough. If you're really successful, it will never be enough. And I remember saying to you when we first started out, you spend what you make. Yeah. It, it may seem like, oh, if I could just make $100,000, you're going you're gonna to be in exactly the same situation if you don't think about it. And really going in plan and be disciplined. Right. right. Otherwise, you're going to make a hundred thousand. You're going to be like, I thought this was going to free my life up. No, you just bought more stuff. Mm-hmm. The bills go up. Uh, the house gets a little bigger. Correct. Or, you know, the car gets a little nicer, but still, you're still spending. But if a million dollars, if a million dollars to Jeff Bezos is like six dollars to a millionaire, 
doesn't it make it a little easier to go, yeah, she's been with me for 25 years. Take half. Especially that, right? Like, I mean, first of all, Jeff Bezos isn't like, you know, he's not exactly the rock, right? Like, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's not like the sexiest man on earth at any point. He will not be named that. So to get to be with someone, you know, like, I don't know. A lot of people find the cologne uh, with the smell of money. Yes. No, that's well, very, very hot. And that's the thing. Like, here's someone who spent time with you for 25 years when you weren't a millionaire, mm-hmm. when you weren't rich, when you were just this kind of, you know, nerd, right? <laughs> like, you're a really smart guy mm-hmm. who might have a good future. And she sticks around for 25 years. They had four kids together. It's really sad. Uh, yeah. So I, I feel like you're right. I think there's a chance that he's like, look, I can deal with $73 billion and she's great. Like, I, I don't think that's out of the question. And it's going to the kids anyway. It's going to wind up going to the kids anyway. Yeah, I mean, so, so they wind up going from the richest, if this happens, the richest per, uh, person in the world to uh, tied for the fifth richest people in the world. And yet, <laughs> it's not the, bad. And the empire is still going. And it's still going. I mean, it, we. Now, let me ask you this a guy that stable that has a marriage for 25 years, he now, he, he was, I don't know if he was caught cheating, but he was cheating yeah that's the other part of this which is yeah. really rough i mean 25 years and then I, they, he, he's been in an eight month affair with uh a television anchor who was married to like a super agent in hollywood um like one of the biggest agents in hollywood so, so it is, she was married too yeah, it's gonna be it's oh gonna be this an is intro- ugly yeah this is going to be uh, your tmz programming for the next two years uh but i think it's interesting just because I mean, this is a unique guy who's probably, we were talking about this off the air, I think, that there's probably better positioned in the world of business than anyone in the world. Think of this. Not just the richest, but like... I Best mean, positioned. Yeah, Amazon the, and, and Was- the Washington Post, yeah, right? Like You have, you, you are living in Washington, D.C. You've moved your headquarters to D.C. clearly because you want the political clout. Um, you're going to be there making the lobbying, making new laws. I mean, that's really the world that we live in today. It is it's it's cronyism on I can't even say steroids. I don't even know what you know, what kind of steroids this would be com- uh, compared to. Um, but so he is in with the government. It, one of his biggest clients is the Pentagon. He has a company that everybody pretty much trusts. It's not like Google. I mean, it's not. Yeah, you would put an Apple. You would put an Amazon, uh, you know, uh, Echo into your house faster than Google. Yeah, they do. And even though Google is better, probably at that particular device. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it definitely seems like they are. They have a less of a creepy vibe Correct. than than the Google. So people are less creeped out by you, and yet they probably shouldn't because your fingers are in every single <laughs> everything. pie, everything. Um, he's got the Washington Post, so he's he's influencing media. Who's better positioned? I mean, I can't think of anybody. Uh, he is in an amazing position, and it's and he's not he hasn't hit the. I'm Bill Gates. I'm going to give away all my money face. Like, I'm sure that happens at some point. Now, he's giving away a giant chunk here. Uh, and I hope his relationship charity. is worth it. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's really not charity. No. She must have been really good. Uh, uh, apparently. Uh, yeah. Something was fantastic about her. Maybe she's a great chef. I, I don't know. Um, perhaps that's it. That's, ama- uh, that's amazing. That's a lot of money. So now the question is, does this, if you were a 
a big shareholder. I mean, somebody who really was invested in him. A guy going from a 25 years of stability. Now, maybe you know that he's really been a dog the whole time. But 25 years of stability now into a, I'm free. Uh, What do you think that does to Amazon? Do you think people are worried at all about, ah, Jeff Bezos, he he could say, we want to do SpaceX. We're going to Jupiter. (laughs) You don't want stability when it comes to instability (laughs) when it comes to your money. No, you really don't. You really don't. All right. I want to tell you about uh, Goldline, uh, who's our sponsor this half hour. Um, We had a guy on last hour. If you missed this portion of the program, go back and listen to it. We had a guy who wrote the book on the uh, uh, skyscraper theory, which he's a von Mises uh, economist. And he did the study of why does it seem like every time a giant skyscraper, a a record-breaking skyscraper is opened, the world goes into economic chaos. Um, and in the course of talking to him, I said, so what do you think is coming? Because his theory is rock solid. Uh, and I said, what do you think is coming? And he said, oh, a bad storm. And I said, give me in a get of categories. What's a bad storm? He said category six. He almost said Sharknado, but he stopped yeah. before that. Yeah. Category six. I said, where would you put the Great Depression? Category five. Oh, and he said in November, he thinks we're already in it now. It's this. This is the edge of the storm that we're in. May I suggest you go and listen to that interview and then, you know, pray on it, think on it, uh, call for Goldline, get, get some information about gold or silver and find out if it's right for you. But I urge you, urge you. I haven't been like this since 2007 with you. I urge you. It is coming. Please. Do your homework now. I don't care if you buy it or don't buy it. Just do your homework. Go to goldline.com or call 866-GOLDLINE. 1-866-GOLDLINE. Do your homework. Read the risk information. Find out if it's right for you. But batten down the hatches because it's coming. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Sometimes we don't uh, recognize the good things in life, and we really, we really should. There's a lot of great things. There's a new stat out about America and uh, something that has gotten much, much better recently. Yeah, over the last 25 years, uh, we have now hit a 25-year mi- milestone of a quarter century of consecutive decline in the cancer rate in the United States. A quarter century. Um, and it's it's amazing because you would you would you would think that that's there's no way possible for that to happen because oh our food's giving us cancer right. our yeah. medicine's giving us cancer our sky is giving us cancer right uh, I mean that is one thing to every time you see these health claims on Pinterest and mm-hmm. you know Instagram mm-hmm. think about this for a moment here the rates are dropping so dramatically if every new thing they introduce is giving us cancer why does this continue to happen. I mean, it's it's so much of it. It's just such nonsense. Um, well, we're but, getting we're, we're getting better at detecting and curing it, though. Yeah, well, that's part of it too. And you know, honestly, like still a lot of people die uh, from cancer. Uh, Six hundred thousand cancer deaths, uh, uh, which is uh, just in the in U.S. Just, in just in one year. Wow. Um, however, one of the reasons for that is, I know it sounds weird, but it's actually positive. 
is that, yeah, I know, 600,000 people are dying. Celebrate. The reason is a lot of people are now living long enough and surviving other things that they're getting old enough that they're actually getting cancer. Like they're surviving Mm. the periods where people used to get it in their 40s. Well, now they might get it in their 80s, but they're living through all the things that that were threats before getting all the way to their 80s and then they're getting cancer and dying from cancer. So it's good Um, to you that the people who are 80 are dying. That's what I'm hearing. More people, longer (laughs) lives, better outcomes. Yes, it's good in a weird way. Yeah, Uh, it's like just like it's like the obesity thing, like obesity epidemic. Well, that's terrible. Well, we're kind of like, isn't it good that we're all kind of like choosing to die now? Like now we have to sit there and say, you know what? We get to get really, really fat, and we're going to eat lots of hamburgers and French fries, and, uh, and that's going to be the thing that kills us. Yeah. That's much better than starvation. Did you see my tweet to Bernie Sanders yesterday? No. <laughs> so Bernie Sanders said, let me see if I can find it real quick. Bernie Sanders tweeted something yesterday about how many people in America are starving. And uh, that, just, that just that struck me as odd. How many people in America are starving? And so I, uh, I posted, I can't find it. Um, I posted, uh, uh, you know, to Bernie, you should you should have spent some time with my mother because she she always taught me the difference between starving and hungry. She used my mother used to always say, you're not starving, you're hungry. Yeah, there's a difference. And Bernie, there's also a difference between what you need and what you want. Yeah. I mean, look, the United States of America is one of the greatest success stories when it comes to fighting hunger in global history. If it's not the most free market is in in global history. There's never been we're having a problem with obesity now. Mm. See, the thing is, though, Bernie Sanders is old news. Elizabeth Warren is the new Bernie Sanders. And in competition, we have word today that it looks like Kamala Harris will be running for president. It's expected that she will be announcing uh, on or around Martin Luther King Day. Um, she needs to get out ahead of well, us. Well, it's good, good thing, good thing that there won't be any race involved. No, no, there, no. that definitely will not be an issue right. in this campaign. Sure, uh, sure, which is interesting. Uh, I actually did a poll yesterday on Twitter, and I said, you know, I asked this to one of our guests yesterday. If you had to pick three, you had three draft picks out of this Democratic field, the potential Democratic field, who would you say are the biggest threats? Like, who are the ones that are the most likely to actually win the presidency? And it was interesting to see. There was a lot of. Uh, I thought it was a surprising amount of love for Joe Biden in that yeah, one. I would say it would um, be Joe Biden and yeah. Kamala Harris, number two. Uh, yeah, and Beto was another one that was up there yeah. as well. The I three would put that Beto I, three. Those are the three that I had, I thought, because Biden had come, is the only one in his category, right? He's mm-hmm. He's got that long history. He can, I think, fight with Trump a little bit mm-hmm. and maybe survive it. Mm-hmm. Um, where And he's also not seen as a communist. He's just seen as a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Now, that fair or unfair... Uh, where Kamala Harris and I, I think at some level Beto as well are seen as real far to the left. And uh, Beto tries to hide it, Kamala less so. Um, but this is starting to heat up. We're gonna, we could have 30 candidates in this I thing. I think she's going to be. Well, yeah. But I mean, can we maybe tomorrow we should look at the 30 candidates? Okay. Because how many of them are actually serious i mean it's gonna be great to watch oh we are on the right side of this one this year oh my gosh i'm gonna love that it's gonna be fun to just watch all of them climb over each other to get to stalin we had 30 of the best conservatives i've seen run last time this is stalin city i'm gonna it's gonna be great fun you're listening to glenn beck